T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. 97.1 FM Talk. On Demand Audio. Well, we're saving the best for last here this morning on Wiggins America. We have been touting all morning that we were going to talk to Wen Fa from the Pacific Legal Foundation, senior attorney there, and he is here. So thanks for being here, Wen. Thanks for having me on. So I'm going to do this interview all wrong. Uh, what we're supposed to do is talk big picture about what's going on and why we're talking to you right now. Let's talk nuts and bolts first, though. How exactly are you and Pacific involved in this particular case at the Supreme Court? So the Supreme Court actually granted two cases, uh, Harvard and UNC, and we filed amicus briefs, friend of the court briefs, uh, in both, which uh, urged the Supreme Court to take up the petition uh, of our friends at the Students for Fair Admissions. Okay, so now let's zoom back out and talk about the big picture. What exactly is this case? Why is it important? So this case concerns racial preferences at um, uh, colleges such as Harvard and University of North Carolina, and I think the precedent that this case sets uh, will have wide-ranging effect, impact, uh, impacting many of the colleges in the United States. I think it's extremely important because the Equal Protection Clause in the Civil Rights Act of 1964 prohibits racial discrimination. But 20 years ago, in a case called Grutter versus Bollinger, the Supreme Court carved out an exception for higher education uh, admissions. We think that racial discrimination uh, in higher education is just as wrong as racial discrimination elsewhere, and that's what we are urging the Supreme Court to say uh, in considering this case. So when is um, is the Supreme Court, has affirmative action been a lo- around longer than the Supreme Court ruled on it? Or are we just talking about something that really has been in law for 20 years? No, so so uh, racial preferences have been uh, uh, around for decades. Uh, there have been cases spanning back uh, many dec- decades concer- concerning the constitutionality of racial preferences. We think that racial preferences are unconstitutional in that uh, an individual should not be treated differently based on his or her race in a arbitrary racial group. Instead, an individual should be treated on the basis of her uh, individual achievements, aspirations, and abilities. And I think each individual is entitled to that constitutional and statutory protection of equality before the law. So Pacific Legal Foundation Senior Attorney Wen Fa is with us this morning. Is this then a case where the Supreme Court could be overturning the Supreme Court? Uh, yes, it can. Uh, so the Grutter decision from 2003, we believe it was wrong. 
Uh, it allowed for an exception uh, to the anti-discrimination mandate in the context of higher education. And because it was egregiously wrong, uh, we hope that the Supreme Court in these cases overturns that precedent. So let's talk again about sort of big picture here. If the Supreme Court does overturn this, what does that mean for the average American maybe who has kids either going into college soon or who've already been there? What does it mean for the education system at large? Well, what it means is that colleges in their admissions process cannot use express racial preferences as Harvard does and as the University of North Carolina does. Uh, but, you know, I think the racial preferences are unfortunately very important to some of these schools. Some of these schools really like to have them, mm-hmm. unfortunately. So I think what we're going to see is uh, proxies for race. So schools are going to turn to facially neutral laws uh, that is intended to discriminate and has a discriminatory effect. But fortunately, my colleagues at Pacific Legal Foundation were challenging exactly those type of laws at the K-12 through level uh, in cases involving specialized schools in New York and also Thomas Jefferson High School in uh, Virginia. And I think, I think we want to get a holding that covert discrimination is just as bad as overt racial discrimination. So describe proxies a little bit then, because I've got kids who are, they're not quite there yet, so they're, they're only seven years old. But we're, we're already thinking that, you know, we're saving up for college if, if that's going to be their path. Uh, and we're looking down the line. My wife's a teacher, so she's kind of involved in academia. We we look at these things and we go, okay, what is what are our kids going to face? Because we got you know three white kids, <laughs> so they're going to at some point either go into trades or go into uh, college or whatever path they've got. Will they be facing? Let's say the Supreme Court overturns this. What what does it mean for them if there are proxies to race then? What I think it means is that uh, schools, in order to achieve their desired racial balances, some schools will turn to proxies such as geographic location, uh, for example. So our students are, we represent a group of Asian American students in our TJ case, and admissions has long been governed by objective standardized tests, but the, but the, um, uh, the county revamped the admissions process because they felt like there there were too many Asian Americans at the school and distributed uh, admissions based on geographic factors that increased the number of every race, uh, white, black, and Hispanic, and decreased only the number of Asian American students uh, in conjunction with statements that they believe that Asian Americans were overrepresented. So I think that's the type of uh, admissions process you're going to see after the Harvard case, and that's what we're fighting to stop here at Pacific Legal Foundation. Gotcha. Wen Faz on the phone with us, Pacific Legal Foundation senior attorney. I'm glad you brought that up because as I've been researching this topic, one thing that stood out to me that in the sort of barroom chat that you have with your colleagues or your friends or whatever about this case, should it come up in conversation, it sounds like when you go into it that you're talking about, well, uh, white kids are being suppressed for black kids. That's sort of like the, the argument that we think we're having, but that's not actually what's happening in this case. You're filing this, or or the, uh, the Supreme Court is looking at it on behalf of other minority students, especially Asians, right? Well, certainly Harvard discriminates against Asians, but I would argue that the Supreme Court is looking at this on behalf of all of the students, because, sure, there are students that 
uh, don't get in because of race. And that's certainly wrong. That's certainly offensive. That's certainly demeaning. But you also have to consider the students that do get in because of race. We know that preferences through decades of studies, that preferences uh, lead to students uh, not being able to do as well uh, in their school. And further, you know, there are plenty of underrepresented minority students who get in despite, uh, you know, who would have gotten in even despite without the preferences. So, you know, they should not be stigmatized uh, by the, uh, you know, by racial preferences um, at those schools. So I I think a ruling that ends racial preferences uh, once and for all would help students uh, regardless of background. What about uh, grants and things? Will this apply to anything like that? Well, I think that's an open question. You know, we certainly believe that if grants are distributed uh, on the basis of race, if grants are reserved for, you know, Asian Americans or Hispanic students or anything like that, that's certainly wrong. And I think a good argument can be made that that's unconstitutional as well. Um, But in this case, this deals with the admissions process, which leads to uh, college guidebooks telling Asian-American students that they shouldn't say that they want to be doctors. They shouldn't say they want to major in math or sciences because they would look too much like standard Asian. And we think that's wrong. That's offensive. And that gets that gets between an individual and the opportunity that she seeks. And so before we run out of time here, let's dive right back into the nuts and bolts right before the end of the interview. What does this look? How does this play out? When is the Supreme Court going to be taking this case? When will we know what the outcome is? So I think the Supreme Court will hear oral argument in this case uh, sometime in October of this year. And I would expect a decision uh, by June of next year. Okay, thank you so much, Winfot. We are out of time. You are from the Pacific Legal Foundation, senior attorney. If people want to connect with you and just find out what you guys do, where do they go? They can visit us on our website at pacificlegal.org, or they can follow me on Twitter at Wenfaw1. Fantastic. Thank you so much for your time this morning, and thank you for being here and listening to Wiggins America. We are out of time. You can get the podcast at 971talk.com. Get more at 971talk.com. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 